Coming up on today's podcast, we've got some interesting new technology that's going to be available to you EV lovers um, in case you're worried about getting charged and um, that sort of stuff. It's a friendly, friendly little piece of technology. Um, also, that we hate to say we told you so moment, battery technology is changing before your eyes. We'll get to a little bit of that. And the United States Postal Service has had a little bit of a change of heart, it seems, regarding the new EV mail truck that may be coming to your neighborhood. Also, it seems that GM is getting people to sign an NDA. Ooh, hmm, for what reason? Wow, wow, wow. And both the Corvette and the Chevy Blazer will be all electric by 2025 is what we're understanding. So we've got those stories and much, much more coming up on today's podcast right after this. Hey, everybody, welcome into The Counter Show, our podcast for the masses. Say hello to my good friend and co-host Keith over there on the other side of the desk. How you doing there, Keith? Let me just quote the late, great Colonel Sanders, who said, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. (laughs) Ooh, been there. Ooh, been there. What's happening, Jay? Hey, everybody. Not much. Speaking of chicken, had me some chicken. I was in Nashville. <laughs> had me some Nashville hot chicken, man. I, I didn't know that they stopped at that, though. You, they, know, you know that the recipe? Yeah. The Nashville hot chicken? You know, yeah. You've had that, right? It yeah. turns your like your reds, your lips are like completely yeah. like balloons after you eat the first bite. Yeah. Um, have you ever been over to uh, Southern Grist, the brewery there yeah, over in East Nashville? The, yeah. So they have a restaurant attached to that place. It's pretty cool, but they take the hot chicken sauce that they use on the chicken, mm-hmm. and they 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 pan fry like half potatoes, like a roasted potato, and then they sear it. They shake it in this hot chicken stuff, and it's like super fire red hot. Matter of fact, the guy that I was with, my buddy Josh, uh, he loves super hot food like that, and he said he got like two in him, and that was all he could handle, man. So... Just say, go over to Southern Grist and get you guys some of that there Nashville hot potato. I was not in Nashville this last weekend. I'm, we were fly fishing. I'm, and I had a guy, he was like, you're from Nashville. And I went, yeah. And he goes, uh, when, he's kind of a restaurant food industry guy. And he goes, uh, yeah, the hot chicken thing, like, just came out of nowhere. Like, people think it's always been that way in Nashville. It's No, it's like the last 10 years it became a thing. Yeah, and I was this like, is true. Yeah, yeah, Shark Tank. Shark Tank. Yeah, that's, that's it, man. Yeah, um, I mean there were there were two places, Hattie B's, um, and Prince's, that have always been around. They've always had the hot chicken recipe, but then it became the Nashville hot chicken recipe. Then there were lines out the doors, and everybody's, right. and then all of a sudden there's a Hattie B's in Las Vegas. You right. see what I'm saying? Yeah, it kind of ruined yeah. it for everybody well, else. Which I, good for them, I guess. You know, I mean, well. It is. And let me tell you something, Keith. 
You're absolutely 100% correct. Everybody, stop coming to Nashville. I was downtown Broadway. You can go to Las Vegas and get that same you, hot chicken. We just established that. A- absolutely. Here's the difference between Las Vegas and downtown Nashville. And, and don't take offense to this, young people. But, you know, there's more to life than puking in the streets and riding, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a pedal, pedal oh, tavern. Yeah. Getting well, well, drunk. Hold on. And, hold on. For those of you that don't know what this is, it's <laughs> like the marriage of it sounds cool. Until you realize that when you're drinking, when you're having alcohol, you're, the last thing you want to do is physical activity. <laughs> and that's so exactly what I'm talking about. People sit on a long bar on both sides yeah. of the bar and pedal, and it helps power the trolley that runs through the town. While mm-hmm. And there's a like kegs and taps and all that hooked into this thing so you can keep drinking while you're biking. For the record, which I would like... For the record, I would like to disclose that those pedal taverns have sober drivers. You're just powering yeah, it with your with your. I mean, do you really want to be doing like rapid stops with a beer in your hand and like? No, Nashville I'm smarter than that. That's and, what I said. You know, I realize that you guys are having a great time, but you know, the older you get, the smarter you get. You want to sip and enjoy your beer, like in a recliner or something, yeah. or maybe at the edge of a well, bar in cool I'll, air. I'll know. do you one better, like, and I I'm I'm very hesitant to give out the the insider pro tips. Mm-hmm. For Nashville, because I just don't want you people coming here. If you're not already here, don't. I, I'm not yes. kidding. Like, just I'm not trying to be. You know, there's that whole Southern hospitality or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, we're full. Okay. Yeah. Now, but yeah. here's the pro tip: if you do happen in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. the worst place you can go to experience Nashville is Broadway. It really is. It is. It now, is. It used to. It used to be right. The totally opposite. The best place to experience Nashville was Broadway. Right. And I can give you the exact timeline of when this changed. Oh, I yeah, I know. Yeah. And and so and people are like, well, but I want to hear good honky tonk music. Yeah. That the best is, is not there. It's elsewhere right. in the city. Because the people that are really good, they don't want to deal with all that like crazy tourist nonsense. Oh, but the food, yeah, elsewhere, also in the city, mm-hmm. not there. Yep. yep. Uh there's Just some, anything there's, you throw at me that you're like, I want to experience the best of Nashville, it ain't on Broadway. No, it's not on Broadway. It's off of Broadway, and you have to walk several blocks to go to, or go to like Germantown, right? Or go to East Nashville, you know, Five Points, that district. Yep. All those areas are super nice. Now here we are giving away secrets to Nashville, but I will say this: I had, a, had there was a person that was with us. We stayed downtown at the Hilton for two nights. Because I went to see the Screaming Cheetah Wheelies. They had three nights in a row at 3rd and Lindsley. It was a reunion uh, reunion sh- uh, set of shows. Was only intended to go to one. Uh, but they were so good, uh, we were able to find uh, four extra tickets for the next night. Went to the next night as well. So Screaming Cheetah Wheelies, Mike Ferris, Steve, Rick, Bobby, uh, Paul, all you guys. Thanks for an awesome show. If you're listening to this, I'm going to get you to listen to this because I'm going to I'm going to tag you. Uh, thank you for doing what you did. It was an amazing show. I look forward to more music from you guys. Thanks for a great two great nights. Um, but anyway, a couple of po- folks that were well, one of the folks that was with us wanted to know why it was so crazy now, and I said, well, it wasn't this way, and you would have had to experience Nashville in its true form prior to about 2012. And they're like, well, what happened in 2012? The show Nashville. The TV show Nashville absolutely ruined Nashville. Yeah, 
Well, and they used to film. There were areas I don't live in the city that they would come out very close to me. I'm not going to say where and film um, because where I live looks more like historic, traditional Nashville than the big skyscrapers downtown. Right. And so, yeah. Well, what, uh, what about the Natchez Trace Bridge over over uh, 96 yeah. out there your way? Have you seen yeah. it lately? Uh, they put guardrails up on it, or they were they're going put, to. They're putting an entire cage over the whole thing. Yeah, that's too you bad, know, and man. people don't realize why, but that is the number one location in the state of Tennessee where people jump off, commit suicide, and that's yeah. why they're doing it. There's big signs out there that says, call this number first, before think before you uh, jump, but... Because it's gotten so bad over the last several years, they decided to put it up. And what's sad about that is that bridge, that bridge, there's only two like it in the world. Yeah. And um, that's one of them. And it's an all concrete structure. Um, obviously, it has, you know, rebar in it, but it is mainly, everything about it is all concrete. Um, there are no uh, metal uh, pillars or arches or anything like that. It's all concrete. So it's pretty cool. It's a good looking span. I mean, you know, part of me wonders, are you really going to stop people that want to do that? They're just going to go somewhere else, right? Um, probably. I, I, all you're doing is putting a Band-Aid on a, on a bigger problem, right. I think, in that situation. And sadly, the architecture of that beautiful it, it, bridge It's an ugly Band-Aid, right? It's, yeah, an, it's yeah. an ugly Band-Aid. It's an eyesore at this point. I mean, why don't you just go ahead and get paint out and start spraying graffiti all over it? Oh, or oh gosh, did I just... Make it know, a enclosed tunnel bridge or whatever <laughs> right you know? do something I mean, yeah do something special yeah anyway man wow um but i had a good time anyway nashville's hot 100 and uh, i think we had one night i was there keith and i do not miss this it was um 87 degrees at 9 30 yeah. p.m yeah uh, with a heat index of about 101 that night yeah it's yeah Awful. it's not that bad right now but yeah it's been that uh, way for a while well we're, we're getting your heat now out here uh we're, we're up in the 90s upper 90s and um it's a heat heat wave for the pnw just like it was last time you guys came it's a mess it is i'm 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 glad i have ac that's all i gotta say I'm, I'm ready for some cooler weather already so i like my cool nights and cool days so anyway well let's get started on some of these stories keith we got some some interesting pieces tidbits of news here that we uh that we found um um we always kind of we like to bring you some of the interesting topics of discussion in the automotive world and beyond. Um, this first one is uh, is very interesting to me um, because to me it seems like a very wise use of robotics. Um, it's not really a robot, if you will. It just has you know it's smart and it can roll around. That's about all it can do. It's a robot. It it is, but it's not like. It's you know, a robot. If a Roomba is a robot, this thing's a robot. Right, right, right. I know. I just have a hard time calling a Roomba a robot. But anyway, um, Ziggy, Ziggy is uh, an autonomous robot that saves you a parking spot, then charges your EV. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. So how these work? Did you watch the video? I did. All right. I did. So um, y- y- there's an app, and you can integrate that app with your. Uh, CarPlay or Android Auto, so you can see it like not just on your phone, but you can use the app on the infotainment right. screen on your car. And if you're if you know if you're like you're going somewhere and you need to charge while you're there, the idea is that they deploy a fleet of these, maybe a dozen of them or whatever, in the parking garage or in a parking lot, and that way you don't need to run 
EV charging to 50 different sites, you just send it to the site that needs it, that has an EV in it, right? Right. And so with the app, you tell it you're headed there and it'll go find you a parking spot and then it'll tell you which spot to meet it in. And it parks itself in the middle of the spot so that nobody else can take your spot. Mm -hmm. And then you pull in, it gets out of the way, it backs up and uh, pulls up behind you. Um, which if you're charging ports in the front, I guess you're going to have to back in or whatever. And then uh, you plug it in and you take off. Now, this is basically a glorified power brick. Like, you know how, Jay, you know, yeah. like if you're traveling and you have your cell phone and you're like, well, I don't mm -hmm. know that my cell phone's going to last all day while I'm on the plane. So I'm going to take this power brick, right? Right. So it's mm -hmm. a power brick on wheels for EVs and they're pretty big. Yes, they are. Um, they say it can fast charge. Um, it's like level two charging capability. Yeah. Um, you still gets, have to plug it in yourself. You still, still have, have to plug, plug it in. the cable in. Right. Um, and it works with, right now, it works with a lot of the uh, the major brands. They're, I think they launched it with Jaguar's I-Pace. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, they did. But it works with Audi, Mercedes-Benz, Nissan, Porsche, and Stellantis. Interestingly enough, who's not on that list? Tesla. Tesla. It seems like a pretty big miss to me. You want to know why? Yeah, I do this want is to know something, why. This is something that you... Because it's not... There's no standardization of these... these we were talking about this the other night, remember? What if you recall. <laughs> right. Which we need to discuss. And and we'll we'll get into a whole episode about the standardization of this stuff. But um, I think that... Uh, out, was it Tesla's like... It, it's, on, it's on its own island, right? Pretty much. Uh, in terms of their superchargers, yeah. Now you get you get with a Tesla, or you can buy them additionally as accessories, adapters. Mm -hmm. So if you go to a non-Tesla charger, you can use one of those adapters and plug your Tesla in. But the charging rates vary, meaning you know Tesla superchargers have their own high-speed charging rate and voltage, and you know like all of that stuff is. Tesla proprietary. That's what you mean. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Which <clears throat> is an interesting thought. Proprietary stuff, right? Yeah. Hmm. Did wonder, uh, are they signing NDAs over at Tesla? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, if it's the truck, yeah. If it's the semi. <laughs> right. So you're not allowed to film that thing right now. Well, there you go, folks. Just, you know, leave us a comment on your thoughts of, of Ziggy, the robot, the EV charging robot, which I, I find to be a very convenient type of offering for the uh, EV market. Um, again, Keith and I say that these are evolving times in the industry and innovator get out of the game. And I think that this is a true sign of innovation of how to how best to to meet your needs as a consumer. Um, making it easier to get a charge on your EV uh, is seems to be the key the key factor right now for everybody uh, getting everybody into an EV. So we'll how, see what happens. How long until a bunch of drunk dudes try to ride one of those Ziggies? Oh, dude, you just let the cat out of the bag. And now they're on it. It'll be like in a week. There'll be a YouTube well, let video. Let me just quote the late great Colonel Sanders, who said, "I'm too drunk to taste this chicken." <laughs> What is that from, man? Reds, Talladega Nights. That's Ricky Bobby. Oh, oh, man, 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 man. I totally overshot that one. They were one. doing Whoa. an interview with him. And That's he, right. Yeah. That's right. Dang old man, I tell you what. Tell you what. Yeah, so Ziggy's, uh, Ziggy's, uh, Ziggy plays guitar is what I thought. But apparently he's charging cars now. Um, 
Wow. So, our good friend Scott Keith. Yeah. You remember Scott, the cyclist? Of course. Yeah. The you know the cyclist, the mountain climber, the yeah, the beer, the beer drinker, the one and only Scott, my good friend. You met him. Good dude. Yep. He is totally a big fan of of the Parks Counter Gurus and especially the Counter Show. He enjoys the podcast and the videos, but he's always looking for tidbits of information to like dribble our way to hint hint that we maybe may need to talk about something. But here's the odd thing about this: he brings us to our attention. However, um, we've been talking about this for a long time, and that is battery technology. I say I told you so. Yep, like battery what a year and a half technology. at least. Oh, at least a year and a half, two years, yeah. And um, this is actually more of a stock find, um, in my opinion. Um, if, if I it, was going to go that way with it, too. Yes. Yeah. If you guys are smart, you will start looking into battery technology companies um, and going – and battery comp- – the, the industry is changing right before our eyes, and they, they preface this article – or, and they titled it this way. It says, The Forever Battery That Promises to Change the EV Industry. Now, what do you make of that, Keith? Do you think well, that it is actually a forever battery? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, so it's, click, it's clickbait, right? Right, I mean, absolutely. These, you know, it's, it's, it never ceases to amaze me how the stuff that people, like, you just, you just can't help themselves. They just got to click on it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is no different, but um, but there's there's truth in this. Um, absolutely, so, you know, no, like it is absolutely Scott. It is worth. Well, we're talking about it. It's worth talking about. Uh, and thank just, you, Scott, for bringing this up. Yeah, to our I just I just the guy that titled it, like the guy that wrote it, is you know. Yeah, he's yes. clearly trying to get. Clicks. Sure, but no less no less significant. Um, he's trying to coin a term called the forever battery to make, I guess, to make it a buzzword there. It's solid state. It's solid state battery and battery technology. That's right. And quantum scape is the company behind this particular, um, version of it. And it is a solid state battery. And Keith and I have told you guys over and over again, that the answer to this problem is, is getting more out of it with less volatility yeah as well as the long the long-term cost effectiveness of that and i think that what's nice about this piece of information what quantumscape how they how they are getting this message across is is that the they're telling you right now first gen batteries what you're seeing out there you know on the road right now the teslas with the lithium um the solution style batteries um you know, you're not going to get the life out of those that you will out of a solid state battery with the changes that they are making to these well, things. Yeah, but and, and there here's why, right? Like, so mm-hmm. w- uh, why, right? Like, so people go, well, why? Why is solid state better? So, for, first of all, boys and girls, lit, lithium battery technology has been around for decades. Ever. Forever. This is not like new to EVs because, you know, we started using it in EVs 12 years ago or whenever it was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I was first introduced to them in model RC airplanes. So we, we used to have, you know, glow fuel or, you know, gas powered, you know, some sort of liquid fuel powered planes. And then we got into rechargeable like nickel metal. But the problem with those were they were very heavy. So it had to be a big plane to be able to support that. 
the sure. light stuff you couldn't couldn't lift it mm-hmm. well then lithium comes out well or at least it comes out in the rc industry and you know it's it's lightweight you can fast charge them uh pretty good pretty good current pretty good flow rate you know they can take a pretty good you know they it's it's it, it was a decent application right as right. they say mm-hmm. the problem with lithium because it's a liquid base which can turn into gas is it's very unstable doesn't like to sit if it goes uh, six months without being charged it can you can basically puff out the batteries get they bulge they get you know they go bad and so we're at our limit with that technology it's kind of like we've been getting 50 miles to the gallon out of internal combustion engines for 40 years now Mm -hmm. it's nothing new like the fact that somebody can get 45 mpg this year on a car Mm -hmm. is nothing new right right so um same with lithium batteries we're kind of at our limit to how far we can push those they're gonna expire they're they're gonna go bad you got to be prepared to replace those which could be expensive solid state's much more stable much more stable absolutely lightweight and you can flat stack these things a lot easier than you can um the current solid state batteries Outside of what the GM Ultium platform is, which is basically a skateboard platform, which is everybody is going to, their their battery platform is a lot more unique than than even the said um, Tesla uh, battery platform that they have. And of course, Honda has adopted that in one of their future electric right. vehicles, um, the GM mm-hmm. Ultium platform. So. Which, which, by the way, will we? If you are interested in some information about Honda's EVs, uh, go check out that Sony Honda EV um, video that we just shot recently over at PartsCountyGuru.com, and click on the YouTube icon there, and you can get right to it. Or just go to YouTube.com/slash/PartsCountyGuru and hit that subscribe button, hit that bell for notifications. Uh, we appreciate that. That helps support our show and keeps us doing what we're doing right now. But um, at the end of the day, Keith. Um, we we continue to beat that drum that the battery technology is continuously changing, and if I'm a st- if I'm someone that that is you know wants to invest into some some companies, um, I would be looking at this the battery one. technology companies. Right, this is one of them right now. Right, they're here. on the this New is, York Stock Exchange. Uh, yep. Their ticker code is QS, which stands for I'm sure Quantum Scape. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean so. One of the factors in solid state has been price. It's been mm-hmm. um, very expensive to adopt this technology. Right. Richard Dyson, that that vacuum guy, right, that everybody knows. We we talked about this over a year ago that he was going to make a car and they were going to go solid state, but he pulled out because it was too expensive. So right. companies like this that are getting into cost reduction in manufacturing of those solid state batteries, that's going to be the game changer. Absolutely, it is. And here's the other thing: the life, the the lifespan of a solid state battery is much greater than a um, liquefied uh, lithium battery. Yeah, or not forever style. though. Not, not forever. forever. It's not a forever battery. But I think the goal here, you know, a lot of people out there are not trading their vehicles every four or five years, like has been kind of the norm. You know, I personally hang on to vehicles ten years, put put a hundred to two hundred thousand miles on them, um, and they are saying QuantumScape is saying that their battery technology will get you to that that two three hundred thousand 
um, mile range overall over the lifespan of a vehicle. And I think that that's, you kind of have to take it for what it's worth when they say forever. It might be forever as you're the owner of it. So mm-hmm. it, as long as you're owning it, you'll probably never have to replace that battery. But eventually it, it will have to be replaced. So there you go. And the overall cost, that drives the overall cost down of maintenance for the vehicle. So that's the other thing that they're talking about cost reduction. Um, not only from the manufacturing standpoint, but um, also the long run um, overall uh, cost to maintain your vehicle. Pretty yeah. cool stuff. So make sure you guys get over to quantumscape.com. Uh, uh, go to the, uh, the, 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 the New York Stock Exchange and go check out QS. Go ahead and uh, go buy you some, man. I'm sure that uh, Quantumscape would love to have you over there on their team. Quantumscape, hey, man, you know, reach out to us. We'll sponsor us one day, will you? Thank you. Whew, man, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe one of these days, we'll, we'll have we'll have a, a, a QuantumScape or somebody like that. You know, maybe, uh, maybe Kentucky Fried Chicken, man, will will sponsor this show. I, I, I don't know, right? Yeah, sure. absolutely. Well, maybe we should invent a battery. We could sponsor ourselves. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I'd settle for you know. You dressing up like Colonel Sanders and coming on the show, but yeah. I've, been known, I've been known to do that occasionally. Been known to do that occasionally. Um, There's your Halloween. There's your. How's uh, your? You carry around a chicken bucket, man. Going yeah, to see him. There you go, man. Put it on my head and be Buckethead, yeah. just like the dude that was in Guns and Roses, right? Oh, speaking of, chicken coming up everywhere. Hey, um, so how painful is it to get mail for you? I mean, is, is mail a problem for you anymore? Hold on, hold on one second. I hate to say I told you so. All right, yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so could, could I hear that again? I hate to say I told you so. Okay, 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 okay. People, all you people out there who doubted us, we're not wrong. What, I gotta say, what an absolute... I mean... Right. Come on, right? The, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we, we've covered a lot... Of Postal Service News. Right. Um, Live from the... And I think in terms of the most animated, emotional responses, in terms of quantity, right? Like, you get the occasional, like, you know, you've crossed them on Lordstown or whatever, and they're going to let you know. But yeah. in terms of numbers of loyal fans, right? The postal service is so polarizing. You either love them or you want to see them burn in hell. I mean, it's right. like you know. This is true, man. We should just do a segment on U.S. Postal Service comments about this this new long life vehicle or not long life vehicle anymore. New moving into their new uh, their their postal delivery truck. So we did. Oh. We've done previous segments. Okay, so this postal truck. This is turning into a soap opera. So, you know, they first announced they were taking bids for a replacement truck to the LLV, the Grumman LLV, if I'm not mistaken. You are absolutely correct. Yes, sir. And um, they awarded the contract to Oshkosh Defense, the most well-known automotive manufacturer on the planet. Which, let me stop you there. (laughs) One of the comments... Right. This is where I'm One going. Co- okay. You're going to go there? I'll, I'll let I you mean, have this No, one. it's fine. Go ahead. It's it's like, so one of the comments, <laughs> I 
I rolled. I almost shot water through my nose as I was taking a sip when I read that. They are a manufacturer of overalls, by the way, right? <laughs> That's hey, pretty much the what same this company? guy said. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Why are they making well, U.S. Postal Service? Because I up? said, like, this is not a traditional automotive manufacturer. And I caught hell from people going, come on, idiot. You've never heard of Oshkosh. And it's like, no, I never said I've never heard. Well, actually, I probably did say I've never heard of them as an automotive manufacturer. Right. Um, and I knew of Oshkosh Defense. But, but that's because but that's you're yeah, defense, looking up yeah. military. Well, but I was in the military. I'm very aware of, of who they are. But Oshkosh is a place in Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay. So they're all taking on the name of the town. Oshkosh clothing, Oshkosh for babies crap, and now Oshkosh defense. And now they're making U.S. Postal Service uh, vehicles. So So then we get get more comments that are along the line of, you know, there's no way that they're going to be able to plug these things in and what's going to happen if they forget to charge them. And it's like, well, you have a routine. Like, these are not difficult you like, gotta put what's going to happen if you forget to lock the door to the store at night when you go home? Like, yeah, it could happen. You could forget to plug it in, but... Yeah, do your job. Yeah, it's part of the I job. Mean, what happens if you forget to deliver my mail, right? Exactly. Like, it's, right. Well, it's, it's like, well, I mean, the plane doesn't fly itself. I mean, the, right. the pilots have to go through a series of checks yeah. before they put you in the air. So, oh, I mean, but where are you going to put them? There's no place to put, put them. It's like, well, we you can't. have a gated lot where they keep these mail trucks already. Right. I mean, it's not like you know it's going to get because yeah. of the vandalized. People are going to van. People are going to be using them for their own chart. Not none of that. And then you get into like when we said, well, it's only going to be a little over eleven miles to the gallon fuel economy on the new mm-hmm. ones. On the new ones, which really isn't really hardly any better than the ones that were made thirty years ago. Right. And you get responses that are like, well, that's with the air conditioning on and the windows down. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because it's ninety-five out in the summer, and they're not going to run the air conditioner. Uh, Right. You're, you're telling I mean, me it's going to get or, 12 miles to that gallon better with the air conditioner off? Or cold weather is a problem for them. They're going to say in northern states, which is BS, uh, I um, mean, it is not a problem, guys. So, uh, in fact, some of the solid state technology that's coming about will actually operate very nicely at uh, minus 30 degrees Celsius. So that's pretty cold. But I understand um, there's a lot of loyal postal employees out there that don't like it when they're... I am the biggest loyal fan of the U.S. Postal Service. And I said that this is great because I feel sorry for the people that are driving around those rags that they're driving around now. Um, this is this is change is coming, and I, I guess people just have a problem with change, and hey, that's it. But, you, you know. Just go, we welcome your comments. Uh, they're entertaining at the very least. You know, go hey. ahead. Let, let I love the uh, let me educate you on kind of stuff. Occasionally. Occasionally, right. we do learn something from some of these comments. So, By and large, everybody, the majority of the comments that we get are people that have about an eighth of the facts calling people that have 75% of the facts stupid. Right. Isn't that crazy? It's, yeah. In, in a nutshell, can I please have Bird again? I'd say I told you so. Okay. In a nutshell, with these U.S. Postal Service trucks, the mail trucks that are that are being produced by Oshkosh Defense. Um, initially, um, the USPS said that they were only going to put about 10% right. of them being EVs. Well, that has changed. Mm. What is the percentage now, Keith? What are they saying? Uh, well, okay. First of all, let's, let's back up. They got sued by 16 states in hmm. the union. 
when wow, they made that announcement. That'll be a decision maker, right? <laughs> be- because of the really poor right. fuel economy and the things that we have exactly. previously don't... addressed. Hey, Jay, what are we, the parts counter? Um, that would be gurus. There it is. Yeah, There's a reason, everybody, that that's in the name. Not saying right. we're perfect, just saying we tend to have our, our facts before we, we go to print. So Correct. the answer to your question, Jay, is now they're going to look at doing 50% of the fleet Correct. Uh, for the purpose-built uh, mail Jeeps or whatever you want to call them that are going to be electric. Right. And that's a good. That's good. Yeah. I think well, that... Like I um, said, if Amazon can do it with their delivery vans, so can these guys. I have personally no problem, you know, go ahead and embrace the EV in certain areas. I think it's a no-brainer, whether it's a, this the state mandating that that you re, you know have better emissions or not i think it's a no-brainer to kind of fit the need of 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 what yeah purpose it is there right so no doubt the gasoline mail truck in certain rural areas is probably the way to go because of lack of infrastructure in case of those situations oh but, sure no argument here right right but each area each region is going to have some sort of maintenance crew around or available for these situations you have flat tires you do run out of gas and occasionally a valve might or break in the engine you just get what my mail guy gets which is occasionally a like amazon like they ship through the mail service occasionally and it's on a sunday and the guy's like i just couldn't make it to your front door and it's like really uh, you, you just I just watched him drive by. He didn't attempt to yeah. get in my front door. There you go. Yeah. So. But look, um, I, I, I'm not saying gasoline engines are bad. Nope. We never um, say that. I'm just saying, like you said, this is if it's purpose built and it helps in some way, you know, better mm-hmm. fuel economy, not barfing emissions into the, you know, whatever it is, right? Uh, your, your drivers, your driver, yeah. uh, you know, maybe have a have a conscience and they enjoy driving an electric vehicle. Maybe and the, that's your um, Yeah. And, and here, let me, here's another favorite of mine that I saw in, in the previous segments come. You know, Jay, the Postal Service is not supposed to make money. Well, so wait a minute. So you're telling me that the whole idea behind it is that they lose money hand over fist and then billions of dollars from the taxpayers have to go to deal with that chaos like yeah i understand you're saying they're not supposed to make a huge profit they're also not supposed to make the massive losses that they're making right now either and that's exactly that's a little bit of a side topic but exactly the expense of these is the biggest factor that's why i was going there in in why they pushed back to not deploy them because they were going to cost so much more up front as opposed to the gasoline equivalent but i would almost argue and you know we're gonna have to come back and visit this in five to ten years of course maintenance on these things is should be less absolutely cost of ownership should be less you're putting tons of mileage on these things um moving parts will wear and like i like i said in the previous uh video that well two videos that we have done on this I worked for a company that had one of the largest um, contracts on rebuilding those engines. And let me tell you, we, in some cases, couldn't keep up with the product demand to rebuild a thing. So, yeah, they're breaking all the time. Granted, they've been out there for a long time, 30-plus um, years, if not more than that. 
Um, so it is time to change. So I'm kind of glad to see them um, committing to this. 50% it's, uh, on its upcoming next-generation delivery vehicle. Postal vans approved early this year will be battery electric-powered. If you've watched it, if you watched this segment this long or you've listened to it on the podcast this long, yeah. that, first of all, thank you. Second of all, if you disagree with this or you agree with this or whatever the case may be, that's fine. That's fine. We're not uh, like I'm not in this to like persuade or this isn't debate club. We're just trying to give you the facts and sometimes we'll throw in a little bit of color. And this happens to be the case on that, probably because of all the history. But you can go tell the Postal Service what you think. OK, that's you're right. Fine. You're you're if, especially if you're here in the United States, and you're a taxpayer. They have extended the comment period on this until August 15th. Correct. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to put a link out here where you can find that. But I'm sure if you just Google it, um, you're going to you're going to get right to it. And you can just tell the postmaster general what you think about this plan. And if you disagree with it, tell them that. If you think it's a good move, tell them that. If you think they need to be subscribing to our podcast, you need to tell them that, too, because theirs is called Mailing It In, and I can't think of a worse name for... Uh, <laughs> literally, the Postal Service has a podcast called Mailing It. Did you know that? I did not know that, man. That's 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 <laughs> almost like the phone company phoning it in. You know right. what I mean? It's yeah. Just, yeah it's, oh, gee whiz. I, I can give you some of the comments that are already made about this. Not on our... But yeah, I'll, yeah. Let's I'll share it. with you let's some. Let's, let's, start, let's give you some, some beef. Let's... You want to know where the beef is? The beef is right here. So we got Norm, uh, Norm Chacho um, says, excellent. Delivering mail is an excellent use case for EVs, and they'll no doubt be cheaper in the long run than the gas versions. For extra credit, start installing solar panels on postal service buildings. Now, see, what, what if I always said, innovate or go go home? No, now, let's have fun here. Can I okay, read some go. of the replies? Absolutely. Uh... Go use some other business as your guinea pigs. This will be a failure. Oh, I like the response to that from uh, uh, Norm Chacho. Guinea pigs (laughs) for what exactly? Commercial solar panels that have been around for 70 plus years or EVs, which have been around for over 100. Um, And the postal, quote, service isn't a business. Right. It's true. This it guy's is, laid and it, it out. Is in, and I know, it is I know. And you're like, ah, oh, it's not a business. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Uh, it, it's a business. Oh, and here's someone who's a, a carrier. Managed business. This is from a carrier of the U.S. Postal Service. Um, Vegas Colonel says my carrier route is less than 100 miles a day, so this would likely work. Smaller countries have had some success with mail delivery via EVs, so we'll see. I agree. You got to be open to it. And again, like we said, in certain rural areas, the EV might not be practical. So I think the approach to being 50% um, internal combustion engine and 50% EV is probably a smart approach to this. So this is a good one. We'll get, get let's just, uh, you know, we we'll can cut this, this anytime. But yeah, yeah, so not not trying, FL Forrester here, not trying to be contrary, but with the heat wave going on, various municipalities have urged consumers to cut back electricity usage because the grid is stressed. Yet, USPS is going to add 50K electric vehicles and every car maker imaginable is failing, is falling over themselves to get go all electric uh, as soon as they can. What will happen in future summers with so many EVs needing daily charging and adding to the grid's burden? It seems like we are not prepared for this influx. You know what? There's some truth to that. There is. There's some truth to but that. I just say move out. you're not those mail trucks during the day. Exactly. And um, there's a lot of other appliances that take up just as much uh, energy as these do to charge. So that you're not going to win that case. If I were you, sir, 
if I were you, I would move out of Texas. I'm just yeah. saying. Well, I mean, there's the other ones parts with the gr- of the country right now that are 100 plus. I just came out of Arkansas and it was 104. But. Well, true, but Texas is the one that does not utilize grid from you know grid usage true. from other parts of the country. It is going to be a I'm problem t- at some point. They're going to mm-hmm. stress the grid even more. But I just don't know that adding mail f- trucks and fleet trucks. Those are being charged overnight when there's less demand on the grid. So I don't. Right. It's sort of a valid point that you've manipulated into being more relevant than it is. I, yeah. All right, I'll leave it alone. Absolutely. Um, all right, I'm going to go one more. Uh, John three sixty eight here says, "I can't believe nobody was smart enough to sit down and say, wow." These vehicles spend the vast majority of their days idling or low-speed stop-and-go. We should find a better solution than just internal combustion gasoline engines. Even making them conventional, full hybrids would lower fuel consumption um, considerably. Even more so if they had a plug-in option. These vehicles only drive about 50 to 100 miles per day. It just takes an eight-hour shift because of the stop-and-go idling prep, etc. Look, when you're not... You, when you you have these vehicles and you're not running them, they don't idle. You don't use any energy when you st- stop. Well, that's it'll, a, that's, it'll still run the climate controls. but It'll it's, still run yeah. the climate control, but it's not an idle. It's not like you're running an engine. It's just, it's, it's that's the thing, man. It, it's that the context of this is, you know, be just be mindful that it will not use as much um, energy as you might think. Um, wow. Do you see the response to that? It was all thought through, including the cost of electrical charging infrastructure that doesn't exist and costs money. Okay, first of all, uh, you you're wrong. You pay for that with all the fuel costs at the current fuel rate in less than a month, bro. And, Absolutely, yeah, and you're it's wrong. it's been thought through. They just, didn't, they just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah, right? Exactly. And also, someone says, actually, the average postal truck drives 18 to 20 miles a day. Yeah. Yeah, and this yeah. is what I'm saying, man. It's polarizing. You just get these battle cries on both sides that are like, right. you know. So here we go. All right, everybody, thanks again. Like like Keith had said, just make sure that you um, uh, you are subscribed to uh, Parks County Guru, uh, the YouTube channel, which is uh, youtube.com forward slash Parks County Gurus. Make sure you uh, subscribe. Uh, hit that bell for notifications. Give us a thumbs up because all of that stuff helps support our show. Um, and we get to continue to do these things, and we love doing what we're doing. But most importantly, please leave your comment, leave your opinion on this. Um, we'll, we'll, we have mailbags that we like to read these comments, so we we anticipate we'll get some we'll get some uh, really interesting comments on this. So please do so. So thank you for watching and or listening to that. So all right. Um, yeah, yeah, it's so funny, man. The mail. The, oh, I can't wait. It's, it's going to be, you know. It's going to be. A, it's going to yeah. be a good one. They're going to have their pitchforks out. You know they will. Oh man, I'm telling you, they're going to run us right out of town, man. You know. Um, so, where's Cadillac? Uh, man, this is this is such a love hate situation for me. I know. Um, this is. This is getting this is getting reality TV kind of kind of level well, of. I can understand for me, and let's get into this. I, I can understand for me, Keith, why GM is doing what they're doing, and I don't know that I have uh, much of an issue with it, considering the number. All right, 
So what let's are get they into doing? It. Okay. Apparently, GM has asked some of their Cadillac Lyric reservation holders to sign a non-disclosure agreement. How, define some. Um, I R- think it was around 20. 20 people, yes, out of all of their reservations. And in exchange so- for that NDA, yeah, they, they got a $5,500 discount. Right. And that's now, it. Fit, the NDA says they can't talk to anybody outside of GM about their experience. That is right? correct. Okay. Yeah. Now let's go back to what you were saying, which is you don't have a problem with this per se. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. But just right. carry on. Right. I don't have a problem with this per se. Um, only in the sense, and I b- believe that there may be some language within the NDA that here, here's who has the bigger problem. The NHTSA has the bigger problem because they fear that they will not be getting uh, adequate information in regards to potential safety issues that might be going on with these vehicles. But as long as there is language within those NDAs that allows the NHTSA, and I think the GM needs to think about this, that allows them to basically over have some oversight over the NDA, what's in the agreement, and what information can and cannot go out. I think GM is wise not to let their 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 technology get out there. Um, this is sort of like what Keith and I have been saying for the longest time. Most automakers are doing live polling with these vehicles. Right. Okay. So and that's what's going on here. Yeah. So you remember the old joke, like if Microsoft made a made a car this is like circulated like an email like 20 years ago like it'd be full yeah. of bugs and they'd have to patch it every month and mm-hmm. uh there'd be you know service packs and you know you'd you'd have to yeah okay so in the sense that they're offering people fifty five hundred dollars to test pilot these vehicles as early adopters and they're still, from what I understand, they still have to buy the vehicle. They're just giving it to them for $5,500 less. Right. That's right. Okay. Um, that I don't so much care about. I, I feel like it's 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 weak for for a player like GM that's been in the game 100 years to, to, to be going into this. We're going to put 20 cars on the road that we're going to almost sell for full price and use them as beta testers. That's not what I would expect out of GM. That's what I would expect out of a startup. I would expect that out of Rivian. Okay? Mm, mm. Yeah. Karma. Fisker. Sorry. Yeah. Well, didn't Tesla have some sort of like NDA? Yeah. Didn't they have an NDA for the autopilot? Way back. Yeah. Yeah. But to do this now in your general freaking motors, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I'm just not sure that that's the image that we want to portray. So what are you telling people here? We're not sure we have our shit together. So we're going to ask you to not tell everybody that we don't have our shit together. And in exchange for that, we're going to give you a $5,500 discount. Right. And but, that'll give us time to get our shit together. <laughs> I, I mean, right. really? No, really? I, I, think you're, I think you're right. I, you have a valid point, and I do not disagree with that because it does... It seems that way on the surface that that is is what's going on here. We've got a vehicle. It's a, it's the first of the platform that we're going to put out for you, but you got to sign an NDA. I think that there is some stuff on this car that we have yet to see in the market, 
and they don't want anybody to know it. Well, until they've got it out there in people's hands. And, and I hope sure you're right. That, yeah. But but that's not the message that they're sending. So let's. Oh no. I hope you're right. I hope this thing is awesome, mm-hmm. and there's some game changing things on it that as soon as they hit the public uh, radar, that the per you know it's going to be we're going to be blown away by how cool it is. I hope that's right. the case. But if this that's is really what's going on, yeah, then put 20 of these out there, make them sign the NDA, and then take them back. Right. Don't They're sell them. Keep them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Then they're still yours, and you don't have to get into any of this, like, you know, federal issue of, you know, if it's my car, am I allowed to talk about it kind of stuff, right? Like, that's... Right. Well, it's it's disappointing to me, you, as for content creators, who we are, we are people who like to discuss these things for our, for our audience, and this is one of those situations where if you're not one of these 20 people selected... If you're outside of those 20 people selected, you will be able to talk about it. So, I want to know what the timing of this is. That's the bigger thing for me. How do you how do you put 20 people out there? Less than 20 people out there. Are you only going to deliver 20 vehicles? Select vehicles to select people that have agreed to this, and then you're holding back from your other reservation holders until this beta period is over. How long is this going to take? That's the question. So if I am a person who is a reservation holder of a Cadillac Lyric right now, and and I'm not one of the 20 people here that's been selected, I'm kind of scratching my head at that point. It's almost like it's 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 very similar to um, you know what what Rivian did when they said we're going to jack prices up after after people had already reserved them for a specific price well, and they had to walk that back. I foresee yes. this not going down, by no, the way. I, I think you're right. Now, let me just... So, we did some comments in the last segment. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this could be fun. Let's So, this gives me kind of insight into what people are thinking. Um, so, you know, this particular... Con- uh, my goat ate my homework, says... So GM gave 20 people the option to be paid $5,500 to get early versions of a new car and participate in a focus group, but required them to only share their experience with GM. Right. This is pretty standard. I used to test new hand soap products from a local manufacturer, got paid a few bucks, and had to share my experience with them, was not allowed to make public comments about it. What's the big deal? Yeah, this ain't hand soap. This ain't hand soap, dude. This is a $65,000 vehicle. Yeah. And it's from a hundred-year-old company that's been making cars long enough that they don't need focus groups. They have enough internal employees that they put 20 employees out there on the road with these cars, and that's their test group. There's there's two things that could be going on here. First of all, there could be some proprietary technology in here that they are not wanting anyone outside of these 20 people getting their hands on, and they want their feedback from them to test this out. Or they have really low confidence in the product that they're about to put out when they launch this thing. I mean, that's that's it, right? Like, so re- regardless of the intent here, and and again, I hope you're right, and I hope there's some awesomeness in this thing. It's not sending the right message, and they should know better. This is they're stumbling all over themselves, like this is their first rodeo in testing a new type of car. It's not right. even their first EV. It's far from their first EV. Right. 
It's not. And I mean, you, there's no NDA for the Hummer. Um, there's no NDA for the for the Bolt. Somebody's going to get fired over this, man. There was no I, N- you, I'll NDA. I'll bet you. For, mark my words. Could, somebody's going to end up getting fired over this. Could deal. Um, Scott's, uh, Scott Satellite says, the fact that Cadillac is trading an NDA for a fat discount to me says they know the rollout on this vehicle is going to be a shit show. Um, but this being Cadillac, we already knew this. Didn't we? Love the brand Ambassador Spin GM is trying to put on it now. Also, if Family Vacation had a 2022 sequel, Lyric would be a perfect successor to the Road Queen family truck because it looks like a parody from every angle. Well, I love it. Yes, but how can you know how it's going to be good or bad when we, you know, we don't have you don't. real world experience? You don't, and that's the thing. That's the sad part about it is, is that we we have no idea. Um, can you like? Isn't, isn't this thing being built down in Spring Hill? Well, at least part of it is. Yes. Right. Is there any way we can like? swing down there and go check these guys sure, out? Sure. I'll just let me phone Mary up and ask her for front door. I mean, how do you... you yeah, I'm not iJustine, though. I don't hey, know that they're going to give me... Uh, this is a long shot. Hey, Mary, uh, Mrs. Barra, if, if you would, please reach out to the Pars County Gurus here at ParsCountyGuru.com. We have a place that you can do that. If you would love to come on our podcast and talk to us about why this is necessary for the Cadillac Lyric... We would love to know when we would give you the platform to do so. So make sure you reach out to us at partscountyguru.com. How's that? Uh, and we'll put you in truck with uh, in touch with the mail truck people in case you guys are interested in making a bid over there. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're going to need some EVL. Couldn't help so. myself, man. Oh, Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord. All right, man. Well, it's a big deal. You know it's oh, a big yeah. deal. I know it's a big deal. And I just hope that it doesn't come I'm, and bite them in the rear end because there's some exciting things coming around for, for GM, dude. And yeah. we're going to get into some of those. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, wow. Can, can can you cue Bert one more time? Because this is this is truly probably the best example of that. Where? Wait a second, though. What what are you are you are you talking about this previous segment? Or are you where we're going? In? This, like, do I where, need to have it ready or you want it right like, now? Like like where we're going. Um, I hate to say I told you so. OK. Right. OK. So Netflix has taken a lot of beating lately, right? I hate to say I told you so. Yep. And um, they've lost they've lost subscribers. I hate um, to say I told you so. <laughs> they've raised their rates exponentially over the last I hate to say I told you so. 5 years. Every one of those things we've talked about in advance of it actually happening. Right. And so here we are now. The result of that is and run again. I hate to say I told you so. <laughs> they were going to have to get creative in their revenue source, right? Yeah. So there, it seems that they are going to do that. So with all of these new streaming platforms out there, everybody's making their own movies, their shows. I mean, and you have to have exclusivity to... to and, and look, even now, the NFL. The NFL is going to be offering what they call NFL Plus, where you can stream games, man. That's that's pretty killer. Used to be able to get it through uh, dir- uh, third Direct party. TV, yeah, right. Direct TV, like I do now, which is the NFL Sunday Ticket. But that's that's going to be going away after this season. Uh, so there's going to be other ways to stream it. And the NFL has figured out. Well, you know what? We might as well be the ones that are uh, getting getting in on this. So Netflix has paid attention to what's going on out there, and they have found a way to um, resolve the uh, the issue of them losing. Uh, so much revenue 
And so they're they're going to start doing product promos um, in some of these streaming shows, um, you know. And and one one angle is auto manufacturers being part of that. And Audi has teamed up with Netflix for the very highly anticipated Gray Man um, series that's going to be coming out, right? Um, it's is out. that a series? Is it a out. series? Is it a series or is, is it a? It's in my queue. I believe it's actually it's an action flick. Yeah, it's a movie. Yeah. So and it, for but here's the big deal about that. Yeah. Let me talk to all the. I'm not sure. You may just you may become alienated here, Jay. So Joe and the Russo brothers, Joe and Anthony, right, made the Avengers Endgame. Made they made like one of the they made several, but one of the most watched movies of all time. Right. They were behind. They mm-hmm. did some blockbuster Marvel movies. Right. And they are also behind this movie. Yep. Billy Bob Thornton's in it. Ryan Gosling. I hear he actually talks in this one. And um, you've seen it? No, no, no. Not yet. It's in my queue. Okay. Uh, I, I saw the trailer the other night. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's a big, big production uh, product from Netflix. You know, some of their stuff has a higher budget than, than others. This is a big budget one. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, first of all, the Russo brothers are no no strangers to car partnerships. There's been so many of those in the uh, Marvel movies. Um, mm-hmm. Anything from Acura to Audi to, you know, it's they've done it. But I just... It isn't really... It's so, it's been done before, but maybe not quite at this level right on a streaming service although some of these streaming services are putting out blockbuster movies that rival some of the in theater movies right so yeah um so, so are you ex- are you excited about it well i like out? the i like the premise of the movie like you know he's a ex-cia and uh mm-hmm. And there's some kind of it's kind of a new era of it's almost like next generation Tom Clancy kind of stuff. I got yeah, you. I'm into that absolutely. And it's got cool cars in it, sure. I mean, those e-trons that they're using, they signed this mm-hmm. deal with Audi, right? Those are nice. Yeah, they are. I mean, I've, I've I've seen a few out out this way, and they're beautiful vehicles. And um, I've got people that were asking me about you know would I buy one? I'm like, sure, I would. Um, oh. Uh, yeah, I mean you're gonna. Yeah, I mean that it's a luxury. Is, it's a yeah. luxury sports car, in my opinion. Uh, even 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 being a, even if it's even if it's a four door, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, I think Porsche has proven that that you can be a, a luxury sports car. Um, but anyway, this is pretty cool. This is again, you know, the main thing here is um, you've got Netflix that has found a way to generate revenue for from from losing it from other ways, and by Using riding on the back of Audi with their vehicle, sure, um, to promote their vehicle within this movie, and it generates uh, it has generated a, um, a ton of uh, revenue for these guys. So, I think it's a the future will be you'll be seeing a lot more of this, I do believe. I, yeah, I think so. I, you know, is it a long term solution for Netflix? No, I, I just no. don't think so. But, but uh, this is fine, you know, like car sponsorships in any kind of a movie or tv show even tv show i I got excited there and i put the emphasis on the wrong syllable but uh yeah (laughs) 
Look, man, I mean, all the way back through the 60s, there were, you know, TV shows with, you know, that had famous, iconic partnerships mm-hmm. with car manufacturers. So that's not... We, 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 we've always loved that. I say bring right. it on. Absolutely. I'm with you, man. I don't disagree with that. So congrats to um, Netflix and, and, of course, Audi for getting promoted like crazy in a great movie that's coming up. So yeah. I'll watch it. I'll watch it, and I'll report back. How about yeah. that? There you go. And the rest that's of you, make enough. sure you uh, hit that subscribe button. Subscribe. <laughs> subscribe. Hey, man, what do you usually do on the Internet? Can Boomhauer refresh our memory on that? I love that, man. What, oh, is, what do you do boy. usually on the Internet? Uh, what, 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 what is, wait a minute. Let's, let's be clear here. What does Boomhauer do, or what do I do? What does Boomhauer do on the Internet? Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, that dang old Internet, man, you just go on there and point and click, get in there and talk about www.wcom, and you got that naked chicks on there, man. You just go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. <laughs> Dude, I, that never gets old. It doesn't, I, I no. I, I don't care no. what anybody says. That is funny. So let's combine these last two, if you don't mind, because right. it's, you know, it's kind of EV-ish again. Um, two things, and the the first one we're going to talk about the Corvette EV. Um, Do I need my we, bow tie for this? Or <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. But but the Corvette, uh, uh, you got you got two versions. You're going to have a a completely all electric uh, battery a BEV Corvette version, but you, then you're going to have an electric assist. The electric assist is what we're hearing is going to be coming first, but the all electric version, um, they're saying could be built at the uh, Lansing Grand River plant, um, which, right, which takes Wait. it out of Bowling Green. <gasps> yeah. Oh, the Corvette's Where? not going to be made in Bowling Green. <gasps> right. Isn't that right, crazy? Now, now, hold on. There's, this is, let's get okay. to the bottom of this, okay? All right. Yeah, yeah. So the bottom line is GM, as you guys know, are going fully electric by 2035, which means a complete switch over. Um, that switch will include the Chevrolet Corvette, uh, but it looks like they will get a full EV model well before the 2035 deadline. Yeah, and is what, what and GM's saying. commented on this, like they've mm-hmm. said, we're doing an electrified version of the Corvette. It's coming, right. you guys. Like right. it's it's as sure of a thing as that can be. Right. This far out. Now, why would they be moving it to another plant? Hmm. Well, gosh, let let me just go listen to like our previous podcast episode for that answer. Right. Do, so for do, those do, of you who, yeah, right? Okay. Yeah. For those of you who haven't been listening, what we can tell you is this is that there are certain factories that are equipped to build electric vehicles, so all the necessary equipment is in place. The GM factory, the Bowling Green plant has been dedicated solely to the Corvette for how many years, man? I mean, this uh, goes way it was back. The early 80s. They moved it from St. Right. Louis, I think in the early 80s. Yeah. And it's still there, and I would I will say to anybody out there, I would encourage anyone if you've never been to the Corvette Museum in it's Bowling cool. Green, Kentucky, yeah. you need to go. And you can also, of course, it's COVID. During COVID, they shut it down, but you used to be able to take tours of the plant, which is also really fascinating, man, to see yeah. the automation that's involved. And there's in the a racetrack plant. across the street. It's the yeah. Corvette te- test track. I've been on it. I've I've yep. I've raced on it. I've, two wheels, not four. So, so. Yes, you have. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. NCM. So two things I want to bring up to everybody's attention. First of all, I did a video early on in our career here, and you can find that over on youtube.com forward slash parts kind of gurus. Um, there is a video that I did about just asking 
a Corvette club members, what they felt about um, the new C8 coming out being a, a, a mid, um, mid-engine vehicle. It wasn't, it did not come with, with, with great applause, I'll say. But overall, there were a few people that were kind of like open to see the change. And then now here we are, we have it. And it's actually turned out to be a really, was a really good move yeah. for Corvette in that regard. Yeah. They've won some races with this thing now. Um, not that they weren't winning some before, but they're it's they have they have won it's not races. A, that, it's not a dog. It's a good car. Right. It's, yeah. it's a great car. And now just add E assist to that. Can you imagine where that'll put you? And I know that's what GM performance or racing is is looking at there with that going, okay, so we know we have a monster V eight mm-hmm. in this thing. Um, I think they said the E assist is gonna have that five point three liter in it though, um, instead of the six two. That's just what I'm hearing. But you go all electric, then that changes the game. You have to move that vehicle to another location to produce this thing. So, and yeah. The other thing is, is you had asked me part two to this. Oh, and by the way, you did a you did a, uh, a video also from the Bowling Green yeah. plant, which I encourage everyone to We got to in go. that car before it was released to the public, and uh, it, I did, but ex- I did not wear my Hawaiian shirt that day, so you might be disappointed <laughs> if you right. Or so you any gold ch- chains and exposed chest hair. I was, you know, exactly. I, was, I was incognito. I, I stood out like a, like a non-Corvette owner. Yeah, you can check that out. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great one, man. I love it. It's very well done, dude. Thanks. Um, you were excited. You could tell. That's uh, a, a great car, man. It's, the the yeah. third video we did on the C8 is the one that we just did, I don't know, maybe three, four months ago about this particular announcement that, that GM was going to go electric on on uh, the FET. And we asked everyone, what would you name it? Um, and they speak to this. You know they don't know for sure if it's going to be a C9. I, you asked, should be, it should it be a platform change? Oh man, I that's com- right. This is my angler. This is my angler fish that I wanted the angler on, the, fish. on the logo. Right. We were going to call it the Corvette Angler. The, the little light bulb. Yeah, right. with the bulb the, at, yeah. at the end because it's electrified, yeah. right? Or chasing electricity. Yeah. Maybe the hybrid. Maybe the hybrid will be the angler. I don't know. Right. Um, but we. I said personally, I felt like that they had to. Um, move if they're going fully electric. Yes, you go to an all-new platform C9, and that's it. Now, will the production of Corvettes end in Bowling Green if they move it to the C9? I don't think so completely. Yeah, I really they're, don't. They're not going to do. Okay, no. this is just my opinion, not Jay's, but they're not doing that. So you, no. here's why. Like Jay just said, and we've discussed many times, they've got to have the space to do the EV platform. Uh, I have not been inside that Bowling Green plant, but I know roughly how big it is. It's huge. And I I think what they probably... Here's what makes sense. That they have a... They have a transitional period where they do an e-assist or something that's not fully electric... And they're going to have to do one of those in a different location. And they might even move production out of Bowling Green for a period of time and do the full electric version somewhere else with the intent of eventually coming back to Bowling Green after they retool. Right. Because they may not be able to do both simultaneously. Do I think that there needs to be panic in Bowling Green and everybody needs to freak out that they're not going to make Corvettes there anymore? Mm -mm. The chances of that happening are so slim. They're going to keep making Corvettes there. 
they're just going to have to do some transition, moving pieces around on the table while they move forward to a more electrified version. Exactly. And for me, this is why I wanted to bring this up in this podcast about this, because I do believe that as people get wind of this, there might be some panic ah. uh, by some folks out there, especially people living in Bowling Green or people that drive in from Nashville to work there or whatever. Um, but I, I, I'm with you, Keith. I just don't see that happening with this plant. Um, I, they, they have to go test the waters build, and once they retool for, for an all-electric version of this, they'll, they'll continue to produce it there in Bowling Green. So well, come on, guys. We're on your side. And the people that are commenting on this are hung out, hung up, and this will mm-hmm. this will tie right into the next couple models that we're about to talk about because they're freaking out because they're looking at it and they're going well i hope they don't do with it what they did with the mustang ev where they turn it into a station wagon no 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 no. look you guys they're not they have more sense than that gm is not going to take their corvette brand and start making a crossover with it not not like that there is there is speculation that there will be, but I do believe that but they're you are not going to get rid not, of the performance. They're not car. going to get rid of the performance car. Correct. So they I just might don't use see that. the brand for a few years and try to do it like Ford did, but I just don't. GM and Ford intentionally do things differently to be different. For right. example, you know, Ford went the way of the Bronco, which has historically been their off-road vehicle, Overland vehicle. And they brought it back. Right. And GM had something that was historically an off-road capable vehicle called the Blazer. And they brought that back, too. But it's a station wagon. And right. so they went completely different directions in, in, in sort of concept here. Now, Ford went off-road, gasoline engine, big tires, all that. GM went pavement queen, which is fine. And I think especially when you consider where that Blazer is headed, it mm-hmm. makes sense. Because they're right. going to electrify that blazer, and it makes sense for it to be more of the design and style that it is now, as opposed to an off-road version. And as we look back on that, when we talked about it, how how we thought they just completely missed the opportunity here. In reality, when we're looking at what GM proposed after this particular version of the, the blazer came out... Um, we thought, well, they should have gone the direction of the Bronco. Why would they not do it? But I think that they had all intentions. Well, they have the Hummer for that, right? Now we see exactly. That. Okay. Now we see that, but it's it's an electric vehicle. But they have the Hummer. Now, now you're catering to that more of a luxury type sport S, SUV or crossover, if you will. This new Blazer, the all electric Blazer that's going to be coming out, really, in my opinion, is an absolute 100% direct competitor to the Mach E. If you right. look at it, if you look at this thing, that is who they're that is who they're going to capture with the Blazer EV. Here's what's cool about this yes. thing. Yes. They're offering this thing in a front-wheel drive, a rear-wheel drive. What and if I can't make up drive. my mind, Jay? <laughs> right. Well, I guess you'll have to just have a subscription for that, and you could pay for it this month and not the next month. How about that? What? But you can get the all-wheel drive version. I kind of stepped you on can, your yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you you okay. could you so can you get the all-wheel drive or rear, yep, or, or all or all, correct. Which is unique. That That's really the, cool, man. Yep, it will be the first one out there that has that type of 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 of, of an offering. Well, now, what makes makes that happen? Because it's electric. Because you don't have to deal with transmission placement like you would in a traditional gas engine. That's right. Where and you would have to retool half the vehicle 
to make it, it a rear wheel drive. It is the Ultium battery platform, the skateboard yep. that they have came they have come up with that they have produced. And I said this, it's going to be the winner for them, for GM overall when it comes to their electrical vehicles, all electric vehicles. Um, they because they can use that that skateboard platform on a wide variety of vehicles and cover it all. All they have to do is make some some minor modifications. And in this case, with the rear-wheel drive versus front-wheel drive, it's very easy. It's just motor placement, man. That's it. It's ready to go. You can either have it on the front, have it on the back, or have it on both. On all of them, right? Right. And Absolutely. This is the right move for this product line. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. I, there, I am so convinced of that, that th- this is where they should have, I hope, that they were headed all along when they brought the Blazer back. Because it's honestly... It's the most successful move, I think, for that Blazer. Now, the one thing that I don't care for is, I, I guess, I just wish, uh, do they have to use the Blazer name? You well, know, I mean, when you look at it, it's like, it looks nothing like the original Blazer it, or the K5. It doesn't. But that's the argument that everyone had with Ford, Keith, with, with Mustang. Why put Mustang on it? Right? Because it's not a Mustang. I mean, it's the same argument. It's like it's not a Mustang, and there are hardcore Mustang fans out there that that agree with you on that, and I agree with you. It looks nothing like the Blazer, but it is a Blazer. If it looks like the Blazer that they just came out with two years ago, man, that they brought back. Well, the name comes from what Trailblazer, which correct Im- implies some version of trail correct. travel, meaning not off roading. Yeah, off roading. And this I just, is truly, yeah. this is truly not, not for that, um, unless they come come up with a, a, a higher profile type vehicle where it's got greater ground clearance. I don't know, um, but I think that the Blazer implies it's very fast. And to that end, they are going to be offering an SS version of this Blazer. And um, it is said to be over 500 horsepower or yeah. something like that. And it will get a zero to 60 in under four seconds as well. So that's pretty fast. Um, they're going to have different modes that you can put it in, uh, almost like paddle shift. You know, there's mm-hmm. been that, again, there's almost, there's that technology that people are, have been patenting for like paddle type for shifting, where as you know and I know, with it, it's straight on power hit the pedal you're gone you're gone there is no shifting of gears it just goes it's instant whereas there are these patents that are floating around that will allow the driver to at least feel like one with the vehicle and control that a little bit more so we'll we'll see if that this ends is up on this. this is right around the corner too everybody 2024 is yeah. when these are you're gonna you're gonna be able to get a from what we can tell a 2024 model year blazer ev Right, and that will be coming down the pike soon. It would not surprise me to see these out on lots or on your interweb because Boomhauer will tell you, man, you can get anything you want on the Internet these days. You don't have Amen. to go to the dealer. Yep. Right? Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, that dang old Internet, man, you just go on there and point and click, get in there and talk about www.wcom, and you got got naked chicks on there, man. You go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. <laughs> so remember, that, you know, if GM follows what they've historically always done, 2024 model year will be available in 23. So we're, it's not that far out. No, it's not. And I will, I'm going to make a commitment here, a promise to this. 
either Keith or I, we will w- once this hits the the showroom floor, once it's available, um, I will drive one of these. I would love to do a review on this just to see because I I got in one of the 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 internal combustion engine versions of this the new generation Blazer, and this is a completely different animal. This mm-hmm. is even stretched. It's got a longer body, and, and that is because they have more um underpinning with the gm the ultium battery platform so they able to stretch the body a little bit which gives you a lot more in the way of comfort as a passenger uh, um in in the rear right um so it'll be interesting I, those are the kind of the points that we know how fast an ev can be i want to look at what they're doing with creature comforts and technology that's going to come along with this thing what's going to make me as a consumer want to go out and buy an ev called a blazer right and yeah. it doesn't go off road yeah. So so we'll we'll cover it. It's got to either be, like you said, luxury, features, or performance. Right, and that's it. So, hey, for all of our videos, guys, uh, make sure you subscribe uh, and uh, go to youtube.com forward slash parts kind of gurus. Make sure you uh, hit the subscribe button and ring that notification bell for future uh, videos that come out. Make sure you're notified when they do. Um, thank you for that. Whew. Wow, 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 my friend. What a day. So much information. You got anything you uh, want to add to our, our day? Are you good? I'm, you tired? It's good to be back doing this. Uh, man, I was uh, I was under the weather for a bit, and I'm still not back to 100%. Oh, that's but, right. You had, the, you had the vid again, didn't you? Yeah. You and the fam. Yeah. Did Side Shock, too? Yeah, well, he didn't have a lot of symptoms, but now he's having these kind of respiratory, like it's taking him longer to to recover, you know, from uh, oxygenation, like breathing mm-hmm. and whatnot, um, which we're told by the doctors is, uh, is, is a common side effect of the recent strains. So it's been kind of rough, but, uh, you know, it's... Well, that's my round of it, you know, month or two back was pretty rough but we we know why that happened but um i will tell you this there is no way around it of getting this stuff and that's that's no doubt about it there were i was with three people and one of the the people got covid nobody else out of the group had it and we were all in the same confined spaces, same area with each other the entire time. And so we have no idea. How, it's very selective. Well, you, but you may have had antibodies because you had it recently. Oh, and- I'm thinking, but yeah, but none of the other folks has ever had it. They've just been vaccinated. As far as they know. True. This is true. See, there you go, man. I, I think the CDC just recently said that everybody in America has probably had this thing. Yeah. They've, they've come it's to the so realization. It's so contagious now. It's so, yep, yeah. Yep. And it can be mild symptoms to no symptoms to just put you on your butt symptoms. Yeah. And um, they suck either way. So just make sure you get your get your stuff together and do the right thing for yourself. And then uh, yeah. others around you will yeah. reap that benefit. Yeah. So is that a good way to put that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you want to take us out, pal? I will. Uh, thank you, everybody, as always, for making us a part of your lives. Um I say it all the time, but doesn't mean I mean it any less. It we really appreciate it. It does mean a great deal uh, to us. And um, if you're subscribed to this podcast, 
and you haven't done it, uh, how about going over and leaving a review for us yeah. on whatever you're listening to? If you're using Apple Podcasts, just leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you can't give us five stars, call Jay first. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Blame yeah. it on me, man. <laughs> and have that conversation. Otherwise, uh, you know, thanks in advance for that. And um, <clears throat> for my pal Jay over there, I'm Keith. Uh, in the words of Ram Dass, we are all just walking each other home. See you guys on the next one.